Are you drowning in debt? Are you struggling to make minimum payments? Did you know that on average, a household with at least one credit card struggles with over $15,000 in credit card debt? If this sounds like you, know that it's not your fault. Credit card debt happens to good people. Credit card companies lure you in with low introductory rates and low minimum payments. Before you know it, you're in over your head. National Debt Relief has helped thousands of good people just like you become debt-free with our Debt Reset Program that will dramatically reduce your debt down to a fraction of what you owe. Our Debt Reset Program is customized to get you debt-free in as little as 24 to 48 months with one low monthly payment. If you owe over $10,000 in credit card debt or even personal loans, call 800 270 There are no upfront fees or out-of-pocket expenses. You don't pay a dime until we succeed. Call now to see how the Debt Reset Program can work for you. 800-274-9490. That's 800-274-9490. 800-274-9490. Ladies and gentlemen, the following is a live copyrighted presentation of RadioLawTalk.com. And it's time now for Radio Law Talk. And here is your host for the program, Mr. Fred Penny. Wait, let me turn your mic. I think I've Yeah, you can turn my mic on if you want. <laughs> okay, it's, it's a new thing I'm working on. Yeah, Cal's like, I'm going to I'm gonna introduce you a cool introduction to you, but I ain't turning your mic I know, on. I had to go live this time because of the, the reboot thing, but yeah. it was live. But. Cal cut Todd's mic, and the show got demonstratively better. That's exactly right. It's like like when I played high school football. My coach said, I'm going to trade you, ask you to go to another school. I said, are they sending anybody back for me? He said, no, it's an even trade that will strengthen both teams. <laughs> I could I I tell you a story of a high school coach who uh, thought his son was really, really good and sent him up to varsity, and he was a sophomore. And let me tell you, it was the most, it was, oh, oh, my gosh. And then when they said, well, I guess we're going to send him back down to the JV, and the JV coach said, I don't want no to. thanks, you yeah. keep him up at varsity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why you got to be a coach and coach your kids, so you can just put them in when they're not very good. They do. So, they, they all do. the time it happens. Nothing worse than being a coach's kid because you have to wear that. That's the hard Well, part. And I do feel sorry for some of them that are good, but, man, talk about issues. I think if I was ever a coach, I would coach under my acting stage name of Mark Ashbourne. Oh, and good. if my son was on the team, I would never tell anybody that's my kid. Hey, way to get that way to get the stage name in there, Fred. That was product that was placement pretty right slick. there. That you know, was I was good, set man. up on that one. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's almost as tricky as when I said my Instagram handle is a Todd K at a T O D D K. I mean, like when I said that. That was subtle. I'm gonna, you that know, I'm gonna so tell mine. That was subtle, Here, here's my Instagram. Let me see if I even get one new follower. I think because everyone's 45 and older that listens to our program. I know. Nobody I know. even knows what Instagram is. But I'm Frederick, F-R-E-D-E-R-I-C-K, P-E-N-N-E-Y-1. So at. Let's see if I have one new follower. I'm going to say no. Yeah, our listeners out there, you know, with, with the demographic. Instagram. Now, is that run by Western Union? <laughs> that is. <laughs> is that good? Tap, 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 tap. No, no. <laughs> Kelly, are, are you making fun of our listeners? There is some market opportunity, a singing Instagram. Okay. Cal, yes. <laughs> oh, I wonder if it's not 45 and up. I wonder if it's 65 and up. Probably. Uh, yeah, we could always broadcast between the hours of 3 and 5, dinner hour at the Sizzler, but <laughs> go on. 855-LAW-RADIO or tweet us You'd if you know nice. what Twitter is at 
Dead Radio Law Talk. Give us a call. We're going to do case or no case in a second, but before we do that, we're going to tell you a little bit about us. We are just a couple of lawyers. Myself, I'm a personal injury lawyer. Todd Cunin is a former prosecutor in two states and a criminal lawyer. Denise Dirks, who is not here today, is a family law attorney. And Cal Hunter thinks he's a lawyer and is a former newscaster and a producer and a three-time Emmy Award nominee but never a winner. So I think I'm a producer. I'm not. I think I'm a lawyer. I'm not. I think I'm a good guy. I'm not. You're okay guy. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's just I strike out on all and of these And Cal, things. tell the listeners, seriously, we're, we're, this is all I'm doing. Yeah. How many kids you have? Tell them. My wife and I have had nine children together. That is phenomenal. Nine children. And if and you see her, you'd never I, guess. That's exactly. Yeah, she looks never great. Guess she years. looks yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's just, it's just amazing that, that Cal could bring children into this world, <laughs> nine of them like him. Yeah, you know, I, I got to say, we do talk about how Cal's not an attorney and thinks he's a lawyer, but I've lost track of the number of times, I'm being completely honest, <laughs> of the number of times we've had a discussion here on Radio Law Talk, and Cal has brought something up, and I have sat there and gone, mm-hmm. huh, I, I never thought of that before, but that makes sense. A good argument. <laughs> That's a, a pretty darn thing. good <laughs> argument. Um, <clears throat> well... Every once in a while. Do you want a job interning? I could use one. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about Weinstein after the case or no case. We're going to talk about Avenatti. Uh, Jesse Smollett is indicted. That's an interesting thing. The courtroom antics, actually it's not in the courtroom, but it's at a mediation. This is very interesting what happened between lawyers. And there is a motion before the court to sanction a lawyer as to what he did. We're going to talk about Lori Laughlin, the latest news on that lawsuit. Uh, and there, I'm telling you, to me, this is this is going to be a major issue, a major issue in the future, and it's just starting. That is transgenders in girls' track athletics. So yeah. athletics, yeah. the issue is transgenders are winning, you know, killing these girls in races. The first lawsuit in Connecticut has been brought up by uh, individual uh, young ladies who are claiming. It is not proper to have transgenders running in female um, uh, events. Yeah, just as a matter of basic fairness, they say. Yeah, that's what they say. And and there's issues of, there's Title IX. Believe it or not, Title IX. So I think it's going to be, it's a constitutional fight against a Title IX fight, which Title IX, those of you who don't know what that is, it basically equalized women's sports with men because before, women, men got all the, you know, not all, but most of the scholarships and and, and then so it kind of balanced it out with the women and men's sports and now they're bringing it under a Title IX argument. So... Anyway, that's gonna we're gonna talk about that, and then before that we gotta talk about case or no case. Cal, roll the second case or no case. Okay, let's go ahead and do that because yeah. I think you'll take some interest in this All one. Right, I hope. It's time to play yeah. case or no case. Yeah. All right, Johnny Bernard was born and raised in New Mexico. His mother, Cherie Bernard, never told Johnny who his father was. She and Johnny lived out the early days in his life in a trailer on the outskirts of Albuquerque. Johnny, however, one time at the supermarket, saw an issue of the National Enquirer magazine, and on the front was an article that perfectly described his life, he thought. The article was called, My Father is a Space Alien. It told of a mother abducted and impregnated by a space alien named Glimp. That's what he remembered anyway, and that's what she said was the name. This set off a chain of events, including a visit to Area 51 by Johnny, 
where Cherie worked, by the way, as a cook in the installations cafeteria. <laughs> That's his mom. And eventually... <laughs> wait, this is getting better. Hey, wait. Is, I love this. And eventually a visit to famous Wyoming lawyer Gary Spence to see if Mr. Spence could work up a case where the files regarding Area 51 UFO activity could be released. And this was at the beginning of the Bill Clinton's second term in office, October of 1998. And that's all the information I'm going to give you until you tell me case or no case. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting. I mean, Bill Clinton, by the way, just so you know, did release most of the UFO files afterwards. And I think this may have been one of the uh, the events that led to that. It's possible, certainly. Okay. So. I think your cats were uh, born through <laughs> aliens. <laughs> so, uh, oh, you know, I'm sensing a conspiracy here. Maybe former President Clinton's, hey, it wasn't me with your mother. I, it I must have been a space alien. I'll release everything. Too. Go ahead and take a paternity test. Uh, you, you've come from the planet Alpha Beta 5. <laughs> Jeez, Louise, how did that come out? I don't know, but I just... Alpha, Beta, Five. Yeah, it's not not me. Alpha, Beta was a supermarket. (laughs) It was, it was, you know. Alpha, Beta, in aisle five. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, this is getting worse. I had this much fun with the pigs, eh, Grandma? Okay, so so, uh, I say, boy, this sounds like it's it's actually a scenario. You mentioned the name Jerry Spence, a Wyoming attorney who is regarded by many as... One of the best trial attorneys ever, yep. and um, he he uh, he has the the a trial, a trial exactly academy. He's he's a big oh. cowboy, bigger than life attorney. You e- know. Exactly, yeah. and, and the only reason why I say smoke that, and mirrors. The only reason why I say that is because he touts himself as that, mm. and he has for so long. I doubt he'd be taking on a case that ran a high likelihood of affecting that record. So I'm unless s- unless he likes publicity. Could be. Like so I, I'm do. gonna I'm gonna stall for time because we're coming up on our break, <laughs> and I will give you my final answer when we come. You back. know what? I'm telling you, I can I can jump it. That's exactly what I said. Jerry would take this exactly. case. Exactly. I was like, huh? Well, we don't know if he did or not. I'm telling you, he approached him. We don't know if he did. Yeah. Oh, it's changing the, the story yeah. now, oh, like now. some of those witnesses. I'm just saying, oh, come All on. right, we'll be back. <laughs> Hold on, people. Wait. You're going to hear about the alien. The answer to Radio Law Talk, and you don't have to wait for one of those space alien shows to hear it. Coming up next, right here on your favorite radio station and, of course, on RadioLawTalk.com. We'll be right back. Hold on. Advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. 
This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds. When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at pennyandassociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. I'm going to quick quack car wash. Get my car washed. Make it quick quack. Pretty shiny section just because I want to. Don't drive dirty. Going to get my car suds in the quick quack car wash. It's the quick quack quickest and the cleanest by far. We're talking three skinny minutes sitting right in your car wash. A hundred feet of cloth. Washing your car at the quick quack car wash. Any Honda, Mazda, Porter, Chevy, Sauber, Cadillac, quick quack. Don't screw her up. Just like that, you'll be happy looking snappy, you'll be glad you was after quick quack. Car wash it on the web and go to don'tdrivedirty.com and see where you got your closest quick quack in the local area. Get in your car, get in your truck, get on the road, come visit the dock. Quick quack car wash, where your car will always leave happy, guaranteed. They take pride in being clean and green by conserving and recycling the water they use only at the Quick Quack Car Wash. I knew I had a problem, but I didn't know what to do about it. I tried counting calories, I took pills, eating and eating, and then more eating. I really wanted to stop, but nothing could make me stop. At one point, it was so bad that I just felt like giving up. I felt so alone like nobody else could possibly understand we understand we're overeaters anonymous and we have helped thousands of people just like you people who want to stop their compulsive eating and start living a healthy rewarding life overeaters anonymous help me get my life back now i eat in a way that's healthy and good for me i never realized what i was missing out on with oa i am living again and loving it. Start living the life you deserve with help from Overeaters Anonymous. Find us on the web at oa.org. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. No points for you. You're listening to RadioLawTalk.com. And now, back to your host, Frederick Penny. All right, we're doing, we're talking about aliens, and um, I'm making a little tiny bridge here, a little... Uh, Fritz making a fort. Mug, mug fort. <laughs> a Radio Law Talk mug fort. Hey, so, uh, okay, the aliens. So, 
tell me what happens. Finish your point. Uh, what you think about the alien case and whether or not Jerry Spence is the lawyer for the alien guy who uh, his mom's uh, father was an alien name. What was the alien's name? Glimp. 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 Yes. yes. I thought it was Limp. Uh, what, what did he? Well, that's what she recalled was Glimp. That was her. Well, yes. they start. They started a uh, an alternative rock band called Glimp Biscuit. And um, okay, that's a bad one. Oh, that's <laughs> I walk with a Glimp. That's what I do. I am going to say that this is a scenario. I believe that there is a dude out there that thinks all this. I don't think he was ever able to get an attorney to represent him in a lawsuit, but he did get an attorney to help him file a Freedom of Information Act request to get the documentation that he wants. So I'm going to say that it went as far as filing a request under the Freedom of Information Act to get information, but no lawsuit was filed in court. Okay. Fair enough. Mr. Penny, what say you about the sad case of Johnny Bernard looking in space for his father? Albuquerque, New Mexico, yes. Johnny Bernard, yes. aliens. Yes. All add up. Area it 51. all adds up. Yeah. Area yeah. 51. And yeah. let me tell you, I, I can't talk about um, some. I know a guy that has uh, an actual shop near Area 51. Yes. And it's interesting. What he does for a living, I can't say it. I don't want to talk about it on the air, but it's very interesting. We could if he wanted to pay us. But. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. That's And you know what I'm talking about, right, Cal. Right, you know exactly. what I'm talking about. Right. Exactly, I do. And the interesting thing here is it's going to be short because I agree with Todd 100%. There's no way that a lawyer would take this case, and especially um, Jerry Spence. But it is a scenario. This guy truly thought that he was uh, the alien son. And what happened after that, I don't know. And it's a story that Cal read while he was sitting on the toilet. <laughs> or perhaps in the in the line at the at the store at the at the you know the supermarket there, uh, at the Safeway. Okay, so give us our Glimp, points. Clint pays his child support. <laughs> I'm paying in intergalactic credits. It's not my fault. They're not exchangeable in your currency. <laughs> Come on, in Martian croutons. Okay, <laughs> it's, so. a, it's, a, it's a cryptocurrency. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you say this is a case or a scenario that well, would wait. be. Wait. No, it's not a case. It's a scenario. Those of you who say it's a scenario, that would be okay. Fred and Todd. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> you made the whole thing up? You what, wait, it's Cal. wait a minute. We said no case, so we get a point. <laughs> I we made said, the whole thing up. I know, and, but we said no case. And I used Bill Clinton as a red herring. So I, <laughs> <laughs> it was absolutely just made up from whole cloth. Let, let me get this straight. So, yeah. so you're convinced... Now, there may be a guy, but in the history of the country, there has not been some wingnut out there who thought that his dad was an alien. I'm sure. I'm not saying it's not possible. Name Gimp. Where did you come up with the name Glimp? When I was in third grade, I was in a play in high school, in grade school, and we a Martian came, and his words that he spoke on stage were Glimp, Glollywomp, Glue. So I just remembered Glimp from that. And Johnny Bernard, by the way. God rest his soul, was my best friend in high school. I wanted to pay homage to my late best friend by using his name. No wonder you're a three-time Emmy Award nominee and never a winner. Because I can BS my way. Oh, my gosh. No case. And there you you have it, folks. Don't worry. Next time, I'm going to give Fred a chance because we have another story on case or no case. You stay tuned. Well, I think that we – I thought we should have got – we said it was no case, and it wasn't a case. Well, we said it was no case. Here's here's why I – if I had to side with Cal that we get no points, it's for this. Why don't we just shut up and say no case? We don't have to say scenario. <laughs> do we get do we get points about scenario? We don't. Because, nope. Yeah, that's right. I said it we we should say no case. Uh, yeah. Shut up. Because yeah. the premise for your decision 
was flawed in that it was on a scenario. My premise so. that it was not a case is flawed? That it was not a case? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, whatever. Kind of what whatever. I'm saying. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much well, it. Well, speaking of aliens, we're here talking about the Weinstein trial. we got to finish up with that. <laughs> glimp. I like that. Yeah. That glimp. Okay, let's talk about Weinstein. Oh, come on. That was Please, good. please go back and listen to our podcast. And those of you who have already shut off your radio. By the way, know. we've been mispronouncing his name. I believe it's Gleinstein. Gleinstein so. <laughs> with a P at the end and a GL in the front. <laughs> Wow. Well, at least Glimp wasn't charged with assault by the waitress. Which, well, you know, this or by the aliens. Yes, but didn't is... you like the twist where the mom worked in the kitchen at oh, Area yeah. 51? Come on. That, that was, was great. And you're, and you're listening to great radio glop talk, and uh, we're just going to stick with this. Sure. <laughs> Why not? Cal, or Fred, what do we have? Can we continue we on? Please. All right. Let's, let's go on to the prosecution. We were talking about the first hour. The Weinstein case, and if uh, we're not going to go back over it again. We're now talking about prosecution is, uh, they have their closing argument, and uh, they're basically claiming this is an abusive person. And But, but before we do that, I wanted to just, just to note a few extra things that the defense did in their closing argument first. I'm jumping already ahead to the prosecution, that they did first before we get to the prosecution. Before we talk about that, the one thing before they close sure. that... Some people raise an eyebrow at, but if you know, most defense attorneys do this. Mr. Weinstein did not testify in the trial. Right. Now, oftentimes juries they want to hear from the defendant, but really, if you think about it, what could a defendant say if they testified that the jury can't already get by implication? They're not gonna say I'm guilty because we're doing a trial because you've pled not guilty. We pretty much assume that's what you're gonna say. And so really the risk-reward of putting your client on the stand, whatever benefit you can get is far outweighed by the fact that your client may say something I believe jurors want to look them in the eye and hear their own voice and hear from them and try to become almost... Not psychic's not a good word, but try to determine their character type from just watching them but testify. But that's, that's not our opinion. Constitution, though. No, no, I'm not it's saying not they have to. I'm just saying why I think a jury would want them to. I'm glad you opinion. talked about that because when we talk about closing arguments, this beyond reasonable doubt thing is going to come up, and that's when I want to talk about what Cal just yeah, said. Yeah, but we're going to talk about some very interesting things, including the first thing they, uh, the uh, defense tells the jury in the closing argument is, use your New York City common sense. That's the first thing that is told. So I don't know what that means, but Wait that's the first thing that is told. Wait a minute. Somebody said New York City and common sense in the same uh, word. Uh, we're, we're not have, in New York yet, We're not right? in that market. It's okay. okay. Oh, we're <laughs> not in the market. All right. Let's go for it. We'll be back. More Radio Law Talk is coming right up right here. No matter where you're from, use your common sense and stay tuned because there's more of the program coming right up. No more way. Advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Dish TV is better than cable TV. Why? Because you can save 45% on packages compared to your high-priced cable bill. 
Wow. Take those giant scissors out and cut the cable and save with Dish TV. Plus, you get a free DVR upgrade to record your favorite shows and free installation. And with Dish Anywhere, you can watch TV for free on your mobile device. Act fast. You can save hundreds of dollars. Does your cable company do that for you? I don't think so. Get all the best TV programming at your fingertips at a fraction of the price of cable TV. So say adios, arrivederci, goodbye to the high cable bill, and save up to 45% on Dish TV packages today. These are limited time offers and can change at any time. Call fast, 800-814-5108, 800-814-5108, 800-814-5108. That's 800-814-5108. Hi, my name is Lily. My mom and dad used to fight about money all the time. Then one day, I heard them talking about this guy. Some uncle I never knew called Uncle Sam. Well, they say this Uncle Sam guy wanted them to pay him like a gazillion dollars. And they didn't have a gazillion dollars. So they called this company they heard on the radio called The Tax Doctor. And The Tax Doctor worked with Uncle Sam's people. I think they're called the IRS. And they're able to work it out so my mom and dad didn't have to pay Uncle Sam very much money at all. So now mom and dad are happy. And I'm happy too. Thanks, Tax Doctor. If you owe $10,000 or more to the IRS or state, call now and pay less. 800-263-2610. 800-263-2610. That's 800-263-2610. Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Oh, come on. That is Armadillo. This is Radio Law Talk. And now, back to the show. So we're talking about Weinstein. We're going to go into the closing arguments by the defense and some interesting things. The pro- Go ahead. You have a question? Well, yeah, we, closing arguments by the defense. And some of you, again, we talked about this before, who maybe think, well, wait a minute. Doesn't the prosecution go first? Again, in some states, the prosecution goes first. But in New York, the defense gives closing arguments first. And then the prosecution finishes. They don't do a one, two, one. It's just defense, prosecution, done. Done. And so this is on a Thursday. And then Friday, which was yesterday, the prosecution uh, lays their, uh, their, well, they already laid their case out. They have their closing arguments. And then they take a recess for next week. The jury has all week to think about it. They're not supposed to. They're told, don't, you know, you're supposed to go home and be normal. But when you come back next week, next Tuesday, you're going to discuss it and, and try to make a decision. So what does defense say? Um, defense stands up and says, like I said during the break, be New Yorkers and use your common sense. And it's important for you, uh, the argument is by defense, uh, by Harvey Weinstein's defense, is if you have any doubt, if it's beyond a reasonable doubt, don't forget, they go into the beyond a reasonable doubt issue that you can't just say, oh, you know what, it's prob- they're probably guilty. No, it's got to be beyond a reasonable doubt. We've discussed that many times. We don't want to get into that. But they said, be brave and say not guilty. Because they go into th- a number of things saying, he is not the monster that you, uh, you as in, you know, over on the other side, or the, that the um, media has portrayed him to be. 
you have to go by the facts that were presented to you, not by the media or the sensationalism. And this is what prosecutors, I mean, defense people say a lot. I'm sure you have too, Todd. Mm -hmm. You don't have to like the person. We're not saying you have to like Harvey Weinstein. This is what their argument is, by the way. I'm not arguing it. You don't have to like him. And we're okay with you not liking him. That doesn't mean he's guilty. And that's the, the thing that the defense sat there and hammered on. And, 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 and then they go on and say every single one of these women, and, and, and the closing argument is by his lawyer, who's a woman. Yes. Um, every single one of these women reached out and asked for these things from Harvey. He, she brought up an important point, and she makes some great arguments. And we're going to, whether you disagree or agree, we're going to talk about some really good arguments she made, which is he didn't reach out to them. They reached out. To him. But you made a great, uh, I think you kind of scratched on a great area here, Fred, and that is uh, you don't have to like this guy. Do lawyers, and either of you, you've both tried a lot of cases, do you ever look at the jury and say, you don't have to like me, just listen to what I'm saying? Because I don't think, uh, having covered a lot of cases in, in the courtroom, I don't think juries like a lot of attorneys. They resent the fact that they're there in most cases, taking their time. Do you ever say to them, please don't pay attention to whether you like me or not. Just listen to what I'm saying no. or something like that. No, Cal, I never do that because they always love me. The juries love me. Oh, well, so I just say, point. hey, sorry, just because yeah. just, you like uh, me, give me the yeah. verdict. Yeah, of course. That's what's right. the complete opposite. No, I'm, I'm no, I don't do that, that, Cal. I can't believe you questioned that they didn't like me. Well, I I didn't mean you personally. I oh. meant in generic you. Oh, you. Todd, <laughs> they all like you too, right? Well, they, they sure. Go with that. <laughs> here's here's the thing. As a defense attorney, if you have to cross-examine a, a victim on the stand and you have to get into things that they said Unco- that, uncomfortable, are, right, that right. are uncomfortable, and then the victim starts crying, what is the typical reaction when you see one person talking to another person and the other person is being made to cry? You immediately think... That they're being beat up upon. It doesn't matter what the subject matter is. You look at it and you go, my heart goes out to them. That's sometimes a difficult thing for a defense attorney to overcome. But here's another issue. Here's another issue. So they also argue, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, this is Weinstein's attorney. It's about two women, Miss Haley and Miss Mann. It's not about the other four. Remember that those two are the two you're looking at, whether you believe them or not. And then she argues... It's not an issue with those other four prior bad acts testimonies. Now, you could take that into consideration, obviously, but she's basically saying it's about Miss Haley and Miss Mann. And this is what she says that I said to myself, and I wrote on my notes next to it, I wouldn't have said it just like that. And she says, quote, in the end, it comes down to those two. The lawyer said, this is the lawyer that said about Haley and Mann, quote, if you don't believe Miss Haley or Miss Mann, you don't have to evaluate anything else. What I would have said there, and again, this is armchair quarterback. By the way, this this closing argument was phenomenal. I wouldn't even. I would have gone on and said, even if you do believe some other stuff they say, was it beyond a reasonable doubt that there's some doubt some some stuff was not true? Even if you do believe some of it, see what I'm saying? So I would have put in because she basically said, if you don't believe them. You know, uh, then, you know, that's too extreme. You know what I'm saying? And you have to remember the argument before the trial, the pretrial motions, when the prosecution said, look, we are calling these people for their past experiences. They're not in the complaint, but we're calling them for their motive. The defense specifically argued to the court, if you let those people testify, 
the jury is going to try to convict my client of of offenses against Haley and Mann, and they're going to do it because they don't like his conduct against these people that he introduced for motive. And the judge said, well, I think the jury will be able to understand that this is only being used to show motive and scheme, and, and they'll know that it's for that this isn't being offered as a, if he did it here, he did it here. It's just to show his his modus operandi, so to speak. They, they won't they won't convict him because they don't like this. They're just using it for that. Well, if the judge makes that ruling, then the defense has to remind the jury that's the only reason this stuff came in. The only reason. And if you don't believe right. Mann and Haley, doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters. And here's the thing that then what she comes in with that's a little bit soft. Believe it or not, that's this it is, is soft. Then she starts hammering. Here's the hammer. Miss Haley, quote is a flirtatious person. And man, she goes on to Miss Man and says she has been used by the state of New York and the prosecution. And she says, I feel sorry for Miss Man. She is a victim of the state of New York. Wow, what a great argument. I think, and again, we're lawyers here talking about the argument. What a great argument that is. Then she goes in and says the following, more hammer. Now the hammer's getting heavier. Hammer. Both women she said, used Weinstein to benefit their career. And as of Miss Mann, she made a choice that she wants to be in this world, that is this career, uh, this world of Hollywood type of world, and she made the choice that he could have potentially provided her stuff that she wanted. Doesn't and it that was to a, you, Todd, that uh, she wants it both ways, that she's saying... Uh, don't victimize. This person's been made a victim, but let's beat up this alleged victim. I mean, it's, it's like when, when you say of, she, the prosecutor yeah, or the, the defense attorney. The defense rather? attorney saying, uh, well, I mean, now could be wrong, but it sounds to me like that's two different things came out of her yeah. mouth. In that Here's argument. the brilliance that I see in this argument. And it's because when you're talking to a jury like that, you're concerned that the jury is going to face this dichotomy that doesn't really exist, which is if I acquit Harvey Weinstein, then I have to admit that this person is not a victim of anything. And now, because of this argument, they are allowing the jury to say, hey, you can acquit Weinstein and still view her as a victim. It's just she's not a victim of Weinstein. She's a victim of the state. And now, mentally, they're allowed to they're allowed to have that both of those things where I, can, I mean, I can still accept her as a victim and acquit Harvey Weinstein. That was pretty smart. That was, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's brilliant the way yeah, she does and that. She, then she she talks about, look, now prosecution is going to be able to get up. Just remember, I can't say anything after that. I'm done. Remember, she kind of insinuates that's not fair, but that's the way the process is. And she, has, she said she's going to be a tiny bit loud and, and she's going to have the last word and she's going to draw on your emotions don't let her do that. And she goes into that, and she then she does the final uh, kind of like boom. And it's and it's an interesting thing. She gets into women and women's rights kind of. I'm not going to say rights, but how women are treated. And she plays the, the kind of the prosecution and, this, and New York as victimizing women that they cannot make their own decisions when they come in and do things like this, that women... Uh, it's it's strip quote it's stripping women of any ability to make their own decisions, stripping women of the choices they make and labeling labeling it as something else. Man, she's hammer hammer hammer, big hammers. Go ahead. 
Well, Todd, you had a question? Well, the only thing I was going to say is the arguments that you've heard him make is exactly why Weinstein wanted a female to make the argument as opposed to a male. Because if a male is making these arguments, it comes off as uh, right. too uh, paternalistic, biased. Uh, it, it just wouldn't work. Great point. Yeah, well, Great quick point. point. We have 30 seconds really quick. The final things, and we'll get into what the prosecution says. You don't have to like Mr. Weinstein. This is not a popularity contest. And you, she says, are the last line of defense in this country from an overzealous media. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about what prosecution has to say. It'll be interesting how the jury responds to all of that. I guess we'll find out in time. In the meantime, speaking of time, we're out of it for this segment. We'll be back with more Radio Law Talk right after this. Don't go away. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In, ready to grow with you. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Not all law firms have extensive experience in all areas of the law. It's wise to look for firms that have knowledge and understanding in your particular area of concern. So go to ProLawFirms.com. They have listings of attorneys in key areas of practice, such as family law, estate planning, personal injury, bankruptcy, and so forth. When you're looking for a lawyer that has extensive experience in your particular area of need, go to ProLawFirms.com. That's ProLawFirms.com. ProLawFirms.com is not a law firm and does not endorse or recommend any specific law firm. I'm going to quick quack car wash, get my car washed, make it quick quack, pretty shiny sexy just because I want to don't drive dirty. Going to get my car suds in the quick quack car wash. It's the quick quack quickest and the cleanest by far. We're talking pretty skinny minutes sitting right in your car wash, 100 feet of cloth, washing your car at the quick quack car wash. Any Honda, Mazda, Porter, Chevy, Sauber, Cadillac, quick whack them, spruce her up, just like that. You'll be happy looking snappy, you'll be glad you was at the quick whack. Car wash it on the web and go to don'tdrivedirty.com and see where you got your closest quick whack in the local area. Get in your car, get in your truck, 
Get on the road, come visit the dock at the Quick Quack Car Wash, where your car will always leave happy, guaranteed. They take pride in being clean and green by conserving and recycling the water they use only at the Quick Quack Car Wash. All right, guys, we need to have you read some lines for our disclaimer promo, but first, can anybody tell me what a disclaimer is? Non uti consilius me oriere por questus purpurium juris consult. Latin, that's a nice touch. Thank you, Denise. Next time we'll try it in English if that's okay. Fred, how about you? Cal, I don't want to read all this. Can we just tell the people that we're discussing general legal issues and they should hire their own attorney instead of relying on what we have to say here? Well, we could, I guess. Uh, uh, Chris? I'm not going to be there anyway. Why have me do it? Let's, Let's have, have Todd do it. Me? Read disclaimers? Why, I couldn't. <coughs> the information you hear on Radio Law Talk is general... The preceding promo was for entertainment purposes only. And if you want true legal advice, contact your own lawyer. Just a tip from your friends at Radio Law Talk. Be sure to read our disclaimers on radiolawtalk.com as well. I like the Amadrosa Valley. Radio Law Talk and RadioLawTalk.com. I went to fist bump him, and he, he uh, uh, Todd, and he, he ignored me. I, I left him hanging on the fist. Okay, I'll give you the fist bump back. Okay, okay. You, had a, to you wanted bump. to bring something up that we, we ended with. We're going to start with the prosecution's closing argument. You said, I got to say something else. Yeah, because, look, you, you can't get around in this case that you're dealing with something that is claimed to be a part and parcel of the Hollywood experience and what's going on, what goes on in the acting world, or allegedly goes on in the acting world. And so this defense attorney weaved in a Hollywood-type motive, or motif rather, or metaphor in explaining this. And she said, I quote, quote, the assistant district attorneys are the producers in this case, and they are writing the script in their universe Women are not responsible for the parties they attend, for the men they flirt with, for the jobs that they ask for help with. In this script, the powerful man is the villain, and he's so unattractive and large that no woman would want to sleep with him voluntarily. Now, look, I'm just going to put aside whether or not that argument makes sense, whether it's supported by the facts or what have you, if it is a defense or not. All I'm saying is... Rather than getting up and blandly stating as part of the defense, this is the evidence, do this, do this, she weaves it into something, a story, in hopes that people can identify. And in my opinion, it's a brilliant move to try to illustrate the point because it's something that people can identify with. Because we've all seen movies, we all know that. This was just very well done on her part, just from a trial tactic standpoint. I guess we'll... It remains to be seen whether or not it was effective. Jury starts deliberating Tuesday. But they heard the prosecution's The argument. prosecution stands up, and guess how they start out? Oh, they start out right at, right at the beginning. They said, he's an abusive rapist. First thing they said. Now, first, one of the first main things, main things they said. They said he manipulated women in order that who were first coming into the industry cause he, basically because of his power. But here's the interesting thing that all these scenarios they use, I think, are interesting. And again, as lawyers... We know this is serious, but as lawyers, we, we look at the tactics. He is, quote, the closing argument said, the lawyer for the prosecution, he is, quote, the master of his universe and 
the witness here were really ants whom he could step on without consequences. Yikes. And he talks about, and she goes into about how he stays in touch with them. They have to come up with the argument. How are they going to overcome the argument that these these women, uh, especially Miss Mann, you know, said this, brought these horrible allegations, and then continued to go out with them and be his friend? And basically, their argument there was he kept in touch with them as a check. In other words, they're like a little check to make sure they would not make accusations against them. In other words, kind of held them captive as a friend or girlfriend and stayed close with them. Right, to just keep a tether on them and make sure they don't get away and tell what's really going on. Mm -hmm. But the question is, is the defense implying indirectly here that if you wish to be in the movie industry, the casting couch is how the game is played, and that's you make the choice? Then there is that kind of what she's saying? Because I don't think that'll well, we're fall on the well on the jury's ear, will now. it? Yeah, but the no, prosecution. We're but... talking about the prosecution now, but but that's the prosecution has to get around that, Cal. Right, that's my point. How are they right. going to get around that 855 Law Radio? If you want to call in again, 855 Law Radio. But but they have to. The, the the gorilla in the room is exactly what you said, Cal. They not only voluntarily. Their argument is defense. They voluntarily had relationships with him. Was what their argument is, and only that kept going after that. Right. So that's why they have to say he. That's that's his mo. That was the the prosecution's argument. That's the mo, ladies and gentlemen, the jury. That's the little he kept a little check on them to make sure he controlled, and that's kind of what they were getting at. And I would say that to talk about the prosecution's argument and how it ties with your question, Cal, it would be this: the the crime here should be that Weinstein. And the element should be that Weinstein acted in a way that deprived the women of an actual choice whether or not to engage in, in sexual activity with him. That is the way that the jury instruction, everything should be should be written. They were adults, and he deprived them of an actual choice through actual force. They could not get away. It should not be, this is the defense argument, it should not be he deprived them of a palatable choice because if they decided not to, then their career would go away, things would be unpleasant if they didn't. Um, that That is, you still have the choice, you just don't necessarily like the consequences if you don't. That seems to be the defense argument and the key distinction between those two. And, uh, you know, it'll, it'll look, the allegations, you're talking about all this, but the allegation here from these women isn't man testified that she engaged in activity with him or he towards her and she didn't want to do it and he forced himself on her so they're arguing the prosecution is arguing that this was a deprivation of actual choice so the jury shouldn't be confused to think well i don't think it was that but boy it was still unpalatable so we'll convict anyway if that's their thought process no you shouldn't convict so yeah they go she goes on and says and this is, I put, good argument. This really, uh, the prosecution, and it's uh, Miss Aluzi. Uh, is, Aluzi, is, yeah. Yeah, Miss Aluzi is the prosecutor that is uh, in the, uh, handling these closing arguments. The question for you is not whether Jessica Mann made a bad decision. And Cal and I talked about this earlier. She said, it's when talking about Mann's relationship concerning Weinstein. Did she make a bad decision? And, and their argument is, that's not the issue. The issue is whether Miss Mann is lying about what happened. And if she's telling you the truth, then these allegations are true. And that's what she's that's how she diverts and goes around the issue that 
you know what? Yeah, she made bad decisions. We're owning it. And she even says she owns her behavior. Three days was worth of testifying. She owned all the bad things that she did or things that she messed up on. She owned it. And so that's a good way to say you're right. But that still doesn't mean she wasn't assaulted. That's true. That's true. I I think the most difficult thing going forward at this point is whether or not the jury can maintain the discipline of applying the right standard beyond reasonable doubt. And it's because we don't normally do that. If I, if I get an argument with my kids, it's just like, okay, who do I believe more? Do you, you, you? And it's, that is the basis by which we handle so many arguments these days that asking a jury of 12 people to shift from the way they handle arguments probably 95% of the time to this standard is difficult, and they shift and they, they fall back into what they normally do. It's going to be a test of their discipline. Now, isn't, doesn't this just prove the point that usually in most cases, Fred and Todd, that there's not an obvious, clear delineation, that none of these things are clean? You go in and it's just not cut, dried, boom, boom, boom. It is some sort of gray area in between, not a binary choice for a jury. Is that well, I would say that if it were cut and clean like that, you could probably try these cases with a computer. Just input the evidence and whatever the computer says, that's the verdict. So you're right. It, it is judging credibility, and it's never clean. Wow. Interesting. I, I got a new business business now. Yeah. You just gave us all a good business tip. A, a, a computer. Computer a, lawyer. Algor- mm. a, you know, I don't know. If it's the same algorithm that got Whoa. us booted from Twitter because we even posted about Weinstein, I'm not certain I trust that. <laughs> I don't know about that. Anyway, AI uh, legal firm. I'm yes, like, yes. AI. We're ending this. So that's Weinstein. We're going to follow up with you next week. We're going to discuss it really quickly. Matt, Michael Avenatti. Let's just cut to this really sure. quick. We've talked about it in the past. Go to our podcast. He was just found guilty and convicted on Friday of basically attempting to shake down Nike. Uh, he uh, basically was. They found him guilty of extortion, attempted extortion, honest service fraud and the related use, which is called interstate communications. And so he's going to do some time. Essentially, the jury has said, Michael, you have a Benatti. <laughs> you are Avenatti. <laughs> and he faces a long prison. Well, see, he, here, he does. But, but see here, this is what's the interesting thing. It's not just that what I wanted to bring up. He is also trailing on another trial in New York, April 21st, on stealing allegedly 300000 from his Daniels. And then in California, a third federal trial in California where he's accused of ripping off other clients uh, that he had, uh, one who was they're claiming was a paraplegic. And so this guy has got a lot more cases to go. He's looking at 42 years for the conviction he just suffered, maximum, and he still has two left to go. Well, we're going to be back the third hour. Join us. And if you want to call in 855-LAW-RADIO, we're going to talk about Jesse Smollett. We've got uh, we've got to talk to you about what happened in the mediation, <laughs> what a lawyer did to another lawyer. That's the best when we come back. Cal, take us out. All right, folks, stay tuned here. You are listening to Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com or on your favorite radio station. We're not picky about which. We're just glad you're listening and invite you to stay tuned because another hour is coming right up. Don't go away. You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated.
than you have to on your life insurance. Hi, I'm John David Wells from the Wells Report. Did you know that life insurance rates have fallen 60% over the past 25 years? Even if you already own life insurance, you should check out the folks at AccuQuote. Since 1986, they've helped millions of people save up to 60% on their life insurance by comparing the rates and features of dozens of top-rated life insurance products. Want some examples? Here's this one. A healthy 50-year-old non-smoker can buy a half million dollars worth of 10-year level term for less than 45 bucks a month. A 60-year-old under 120 bucks a month 20 or 30 year terms even permanent plans are also available and if you're on medications or have health problems the experts at AccuQuote will still work with you to find an affordable policy nobody does it better than AccuQuote call 877-437-5912 right now that's 877-437-5912 877-437-5912 life insurance AccuQuote call them today rates policy forms and availability vary by state 